Welcome back. I want to take a quick second to tell you about our sponsor of today's episode of North American Deer Talk, CNE Wildlife Products. CNE Wildlife is a trusted leader in biotechnology for the cervid industry. They offer microencapsulated bacteria products that are research supported through Texas Tech University. With more than 30 years of experience and commitment to all natural probiotics, this product line continues to be a mainstay in herd management programs across North America. And the reason is simple. They are passionate about the cervid industry. They have products for elk, whitetail, muleys, red deer, and more. With products ranging from Fawn Paste and Electromax to Guardian Plus, Whitetail Energy Pack, Jumpstart, or their ever-popular Top Score Extreme, they just flat out work. We've been a CNE Wildlife product user for more than 15 years. To learn more about CNE Wildlife, check out episode 54 of North American Deer Talk, a probiotics masterclass with CNE owner Sadie Horrocks, and give her a call today to start using the products we do here. Hey, it's the Deer Wizard, host of North American Deer Talk. I want to tell you about a great new advertising and research platform that we've developed for you, CWDbreeding.com. You know, as the deer industry continues to mature and develop around chronic wasting disease and its known genetic heritability, resources like CWDbreeding.com become essential tools for deer managers across the country making decisions about their herds. I really wanted a platform that excelled at hosting GEBV and codon markers in a filterable and searchable manner, but I also wanted to have high quality pictures, videos, ages, scores, NADAR numbers, and a whole host of other information to go along with that. This database puts everything in one easy to find location and allows you to access the industry's greatest genetic resources. I look forward to seeing all the great bucks that people have to offer in one easy-to-find location, cwdbreeding.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of North American Deer Talk. This is episode 78. We have a representative from NADAR, Lindsay Koga. Lindsay, how are you today? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing really well, and uh, it's a pleasure to have you in the virtual studio today. We're going to talk all things Nadar. Um, you know, I've had I've had uh, Gary Cook, uh, the 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 kind of head engineer CFO of of Nadar, on twice now, and uh, we needed a fresh face. He said, "Hey, you should talk to Lindsay." Of course, we got to meet at the Nadifa conference here a couple weeks ago. And uh, I'm so glad to have you on. Can you tell us kind of what you do at NADAR and, um, you know, I guess your, you know, your title and, and, and how you kind of fall into that, that NADAR fold? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Um, so my role at NADAR is I am the senior scientist. Um, I actually wear a lot of hats with that, but mainly I, I work the parentage. I analyze some of the data coming from the lab. I make the GEPV reports for the breeders, and I also call breeders to help resolve any of their issues. Um, I am the liaison, and I also help um, clear up some issues, and also if we have any out 
anything outstanding with the lab. I, I discussed with them, um, along with some of my other coworkers, we, we have weekly meetings with the lab. And then I, overall, I just, I manage the database. Um, I am not the sole person that does any part of this. We all work together to, to help get these results to readers. So, um, and then I also provide feedback and interact with the front office on if breeders get in contact with them, I try and help resolve any of the, you know, if we have incomplete parentage or whatnot, or if breeders are wondering if the animals that they have recent transfers for have previous GEBB, I'm happy to help follow up with that. Great. No, I appreciate that, uh, that background. Um, so I want to, I want to, kind of cover some general stuff and then I want to get into a, a exciting announcement. Um, so NADAR doesn't just work with with whitetail. Most of our audience is whitetail, but we have a lot of folks that are are interacting with with other species. You guys have a, a mule deer registry and you've just launched a fallow registry as well. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. We have had mule deer for quite some time. Um, Fallow is a recent product that we have um, established in our registry and our database. Um, we are working with breeders to get their fallow samples sorted out and their herd established because for a long time, fallow wasn't as sought after. So we're working with um, getting their lineage um, resolved um, as far as like their years born and whatnot, trying to get their foundation animals in. And then mule deer, we also work with um, getting parentage worked on those as well, so. Neat. Um, so I'd like to have a, a more whitetail specific uh, conversation today yes. because obviously it's the the largest part of the, the registry and it's something that's kind of close to, to my space and my art. Um, you had mentioned, you know, uh, some of the things that you you do, and I'd like to kind of dig into a few of those a little bit more. Um, as far as the relationship between, you know, what NADAR is, what it does, and and the lab, I think that's a good distinction uh, to make of of how that process works to give a little bit of context to uh, some of the the things we're going to talk about. Okay, um, so you can basically think of the lab as a contractor that works for NADAR. We have a contract with them. When we receive samples, we get them all identified for which samples they are. We do handle them when they first come into the office. And then we send all the samples off for the lab. Now the lab just takes those samples, they get the DNA out of it, they run the DNA through the instruments, and then they provide us the data. So we don't, we don't test any of the samples at NADAR directly. We are not a laboratory service. And then once we receive the data from the lab, we put it into our database and we do analyze the genetics as far as comparing parents and comparing CWD profiles for the CWD susceptibility codon testing, not CWD testing. That is a distinction I would like to make. Gotcha. We do not test for CWD at NADAR. And then we also do analyze the GEBV testing and import that data as well for our reporting to breeders. So we are, we are a database for handling all data. We do not, we do not handle the samples directly to get the DNA out of them. 
at at the at NADAR. I um I appreciate the distinction between the CWD test because like I was talking with someone that um wasn't they're not in the deer industry but they they know a bit about it and I was like oh yeah we we have this new CWD test and they assume it's a diagnostic thing right and it's not a it's not a diagnostic thing it's a genomic analysis and yes. I can appreciate like don't send your your lymph nodes and your brain stems to Nadar yes <laughs> yes we will actually we do not we cannot accept those samples so yeah, perfect no I I uh I think that's great um <clears throat> so on a on a a day-to-day basis, when you look at all the different interactions that the breeders have with NADAR, there's this this process that that goes through. And and my understanding is you're kind of on the the, the very back end before everything's kind of compiled. What, what are some of the what are some of the things that you see on on your end that you think would be helpful for for the breeders to know? Um. So first and foremost, I love working parentage that's I really really enjoy that part of my job um and I love getting in touch with breeders to help to help them to help with questions they have to help clear up some issues they have or to help complete their parentage if they only have one one side assigned and whatnot but one thing from my perspective that would help is if breeders there, I I understand that they have managers, or sometimes they don't, and they are the whole whole company is the owner, and they work their animals and everything else. But keeping records is really really important for us at Nadar. Keeping track of not just your animals' ear tags, but your Nadar numbers helps us a lot. But also keeping records as far as the animals in the pin list. Um, if a breeder wants to say, I don't breed with other ranches, I don't breed with any AI, everything should be in my inventory, just search my inventory. That's great, but it does take us longer to do those comparisons versus if you provide pin lists. And your pin lists don't have to be the exact animals that are in the pins, although that is helpful and it is helpful if you have the suspected parents of an offspring of a fawn. The more information you can provide us, though, the faster you're going to get your results. If you want to provide us all of the animals and all of the pins that were used for breeding that year, that's okay. If you want to provide us the specific pins that the offsprings came from, that would also be helpful, or even just the specific parents. Um, But the more information you give us, faster we can work and help get you your certificates and help get you your completions for your lineage um yeah um i I just wrote a a quick uh note here um if you'd like nadar to be efficient it starts with the breeder right so you know having and and i can say this because i'm a breeder like I'm not the most organized person, right? Like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a rancher. That's, that's what I do. But the, the um, importance of getting quality samples from my animals, like using TSTU tubes, we've, we, we know um, they provide them the best quality DNA, um, you know, on, on average. Right. So like, that's good. We should use those. And then just making sure that like, we're, we're noting birth dates and tag numbers and just, that kind of general information, it, it also, you're saying that it makes your life easier. That's what I'm hearing. 
Yes, it does make our life easier. And essentially what it comes down to is it makes our results better for you. We are, as a company, we all work together, but we are here to help readers. That's really all it is. The other caveat I would like to say is, as a NADAR employee, I don't know your animals as well mm -hmm. as breeders do. You all, you know your animals, you know your dams, you know your does, you know who's in pasture. We don't have that information all the time. So what all I see is just data. That's that's what I'm comparing. That's what I'm matching. I don't know who's been AI'd and who's covers and who's buttons and who's a deceased doe from three years back. So no, I, I, I like that. And, and yeah. I, it's, um, it's, you know, when you look at a business and you say like, what, what are we, what are we trying to solve here? And it sounds to me like, you know, Nadar just, Nadar wants to provide the best quality results in the most efficient time to the people that are using the registry. Right. And like, yes. the more, the more that the, the customer and, and Nadar interacts, you know, the better the service ultimately ends up being and the, and the results are as accurate as they, they can be, which is what we all want, right? We just want, yes. to, want good data. So, yes. um, so I want to touch on a few pain points with how, um, mostly how samples are, are received, uh, from breeders, because again, guilty, um, I've broken the rules that you guys said, don't break, um, putting TSU tubes in mail envelopes is a big no-no. Tell us why. So when you have a single tiny little itty bitty tube and it is in a letter envelope or in a smaller card envelope or something, those envelopes get pushed through the post office just like anything else. They will, when they go through the rollers, they will get cut. The tissue tube will come out and then we have no sample to process. And then you all have to handle your animal again and we have to wait on that turnaround time for us to get that replacement. And it's 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 a mess. And we we want to try and try and prevent that from happening, try and prevent those those issues for breeders because we we don't want to make you all angry. Um, but yes, if we can receive samples either in their 96 wall trays or in boxes or in padded um uh padded envelopes yeah yep. manila envelopes that have the padding in them that have the the pop <laughs> pop plastic that my sure. my kids love to pop <laughs> i was gonna say my kids are destroying those things all the time every time we yeah. get in the house it's like pop, 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 pop. <laughs> exactly yeah. um just anything other than letter envelopes is is really the best route so that we can ensure that we get the sample and we can send it off to the lab in an adequate time so we can get your turnaround time met yeah um what i've been doing and i think is is helpful and i've, I've made a conscious effort to do this is i bought a bunch of the smaller manila envelopes that i used to use for the hair yeah and instead of using them for hair i marked them with all the information that i had before i dropped the TSU tube in those, I seal them, and then those go into the the padded mailer, right? So yes, that is separate, right? Like you don't yeah. you don't want uh, a bag of three hundred TSU tubes coming in in bulk. No, when that does happen, when breeders just expect us to sort their samples for them, um, you're you're asking at least another week onto, and our our office staff is limited we do you're, you're being work. generous 
you're being generous. It's going to go to the back of the pile, right? Yes, we do try and get yeah. to it. But if it's fawning season, we have a thousand samples coming in a week yep. or, you know, 500 samples coming in a week. But all these existing sample pools that we need to ask the lab to pull for GEBV, it, it's not necessarily going to take priority because that could take eight hours. Mm easy just to sort out 300 tubes and they won't all get processed at once they will try and sort them into batches and then keeping up with all of the paperwork for those it's it's a lot to ask of our office staff so i i you don't have to say it I, i'll say it so to any of the breeders that are listening don't be selfish make make the attempt to uh, individually package your tsu tubes with the appropriate info Get it over to the folks at Nadar. Make sure that you're providing them with with a, a quality sample and quality data, and that's what's going to come back to you. So you're gonna you're gonna get out what you put into this thing, um, and we're we're all here to to you know get high quality results. So again, don't don't uh, don't send over a bulk bag of of TSU uh, TSU samples. Now you do you 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 will accept other forms. Um, you know, especially on maybe older animals or animals in pasture that you you wanna you wanna get uh, DNA on. What are some of those? Yes. Things? So we do accept four different types of samples. One is the all flex tissue tubes. So one of the reasons why we have steered breeders that way is because there is less room for contamination. There is a better chance if we need to test that sample again that we can pull it and have it tested and have it produce DNA results. They are labeled, so there is less room for error of mislabeling. And also, just because it's 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 pretty straightforward, you're going to need to ear tag your animals. So it's pretty straightforward to just take that, take that punch out and just utilize that sample you don't have to pull and yank their hair um so it's it's a straightforward process for using those tissue tubes you also do receive a discount when you submit tissue tubes of three dollars and i believe one one tube is about 250 so you're you're getting your money back in a credit um when you do submit all flux tubes we do accept pulled hair from whitetail or fallow or mule deer but we do need to make sure it is pulled because that root of the hair is where we get the DNA from. Um, and we do request that there's at least 25 to 50 hairs in there so that they can get enough DNA out of it. We do accept antler core. It does have an extra charge to it and an extra lag turnaround time because it isn't the extraction process does take a little bit longer for antler core. Um, when when breeders do submit core, they need to submit the inside of the antler, not the points that are on the outside, because the inside, like bone marrow, is where the DNA comes from. And then last sample that we receive is semen straws. Now, we understand from our company that semen straws are expensive. We don't always ask that breeders send full straws that are unused. Um, and we do understand that they are used for AI. It's, it's, we get that part of the industry. So you can submit used straws from animals or straws from your bank. Um, but if it is a used straw, if they have the cotton plugs in them, it is better because that does soak up some of that DNA. 
However, one caveat is that semen straws are a one and done sample. This lab will only test it once. They're, once they flush the whole straw, they don't get enough DNA if they try and go back. And also it's a preventative for cross-contamination at the lab. So, so. so um, I think it's uh, I think it's nice to have those options available, right? Because like there's, I know as I kind of look through uh, older inventory that I have or, or, you know, like I always say, like every deer has a story, right? And like, yeah, maybe you have some DNA that you've pulled already, um, but you never got a test and you have to fill a hole in, in a pedigree somewhere. Like that's great, right? Yeah. I, 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 I just, I do want to say this about the hair uh, because I saw how it was processed and it, 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 it blew my mind. So I want to, why, why don't you tell us how hair is processed? um manually and 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 I think it'll give perspective to everybody how labor intensive it is so every in individual hair the scientist or the lab technician has to identify which end might have the root once that is identified on that one hair mm -hmm. they have to then go and take that cutting from that one root end Pull that one hair out of the bunch and go through that 25 to 50 times. And it's a lot. Sometimes they have them on a hair card where they punch holes with a hole puncher and that might be easier for the lab um, or they individually go and cut the hair off. So it is a very time consuming process to process hair. And then if breeders submit not enough hair or cut hair their lab will will process that they'll use all the reagents on cut hair that they know likely will not have any dna that is nuclear that is useful on it yeah but that's so, the service that they provide so <clears throat> nadar has made it so easy to get high quality samples to you use the TSUs. I, I can't stress it enough. And I, I know it's yeah. not there for every animal, but the TSU tubes are so, so much better. Don't like, if you have old hair from a, a deer from long ago, that's fine. But don't, if yeah. you're running animals in the shoot, heck they're, they're, they're paying you for the tubes in a, in a credit, like use the TSUs. I, I will leave it at that. Use the TSUs. Mm -hmm. um, I just, that I saw someone doing that with hair. And like, that's how everybody used to do it. I used to, every sample I sent in, right? I mean, there's yeah. tens of thousands of deer that have been put through the registry with, with hair samples. And I watched somebody separate those individual hairs out on tape and then punch all the follicles. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh my goodness. Yeah. When I work deer, like this time of year, I'm covered in hair because the hair's falling out and it's a mess. Yeah. I'm just thinking like, I know that, I know the lab keeps everything nice and neat and organized, but. Oh my gosh, like and then if you're thinking about it from from <clears throat> the number of samples, technically hair has 25 to 50 samples in it versus an all flex tube has one. Mm -hmm. And then I know you guys don't know, but they have robots at the lab that does a lot of the processes. That robot just sticks one time in that one tube, and there you go, you know, versus hair that can be five different animals, and the lab technician's not going to know if there's sure. five different hair animals in there, you know, so. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, you had mentioned, um, 
you'd mentioned a little bit about uh, GVVs, and I know this is a, mm-hmm. a you know a big big topic of discussion and something that uh, many of us are are actively pursuing. Um, it's important. It is important. No, I, I and that's that's a that's a great point. Like it's a it's a service that Nadar has recognized, and they're able to provide that to us, which is great. Um, what what is the number of uh, GBV animals that are currently listed in the in the registry or that you've tested anyway? So I know, I know the number that we have in our history in our archives and whatnot. It's about. 35, 36,000. And that number is increasing every week when we pr- produce out a new batch of animals each week. Excellent. That's a big number. And I know um, I know that uh, USDA has provided some uh, cooperative agreement dollars for, uh, I think we're up to six states now that, that help subsidize this testing. And yeah. along with that, I've heard some feedback like, ah, I don't want to know any of the CWD stuff, but Parentage is included with that. Yes, parentage is included. Take advantage of that. You're gonna if you don't even if you don't want to look at the GBV or the codon stuff, you don't have to. But um, it's it's there for you. And the more we grow that that database, I think the better it is for for everyone. Um, For the whole industry, exactly. Yeah. Um, So at Nadifa. I had someone come up and whisper something in my ear that I thought was very interesting. Of course, I'm 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 being facetious about them whispering in my ear. But the new launch of genetic profile within the Nadar system is now live. It got launched at Nadifa. Um, yeah. Tell us about that. And while I'm while you're doing that, I'm going to go ahead and just uh, queue up the screen. If you're if you're listening. Hop over into the the YouTube channel and and take a peek. You can see what this looks like, and uh, Lindsay's going to walk us through it. So we are very excited that we have a our same GEBV product we have now put on through our Nadar online inventory. Um, this will allow breeders to not only get their results when we when we make our reports and get all of the data analyzed, they will have results in real time rather than having to wait for the emails with the reports or for some breeders wait through the mail. Um, you will be able to see all of your animals at the same time. You can see all of their results that we have previously established. You can export that to a Excel spreadsheet and do your own analysis of What's my average GEBV score for my whole herd? Or how is my how is my statistics for this herd? Am I kind of centered compared to the population or the low cutoff score? Um, the other great aspect about this, specifically for breeders that, you know, if you want to try and sell a buck, if you want to try and sell some semen straws, you can now show your GEBV and your CWD codons to other breeders through online NADAR Interactive. So they will show up in the, yep, in the certificate. They will also show up on your online inventory if you choose to. Now you don't have to show all of your herd. You can just select a few animals or you don't have to show any at all. So I think that, um, I think that we have one queued up here for purple four. So you're looking at the pedigree of the animal. You see all of those codons there. You can see the S's, K's, Q's, H's, A's, 
all the codons there. You can also see the GEBV score there. So it shows up along with its lineage that you can see out of, you know, this one has Warhorse in its lineage. I know that's a good book. So, um, so you can see all of that information all at once. And you are you are able to go on and see, oh, for my AI sires, who has listed their GEBV scores? What codons do they have? How am I going to use that for my selective breeding that I want to get those S's in my, into my herd, you know, or I want to get those negative values with my on the borderline does that I'm trying to get their offspring a little bit more negative. So, so yeah, that is our new product and we are very excited about it. Yeah, that's great. So when you're, when you're in, again, if you're watching, I, I suggest you take a peek. Um, this is a buck that I own with the, the Stewart family. And when you click on this um, genetic profile, it'll bump you down to the the bottom of the page and has it um, uh, denoted uh, horizontally across the bottom, which is cool. Obviously, the the offspring are all there. Those are all my offspring. Um, Chris, you better you better get your endgame offspring tested up there, buddy, uh, <laughs> and, and add them. But uh, it also displays here, and and when you go to when you go into do that uh, print feature, like Lindsay was saying, you have that nice Nadar pedigree that everybody's used to looking at, and now you have the ability to display that. GBV value there and uh the the codon value um as well as along with all the other great NADAR information. So mm -hmm. when we like when somebody logs in, of course I was I was um I was kind of doing it in real time. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hop back out. You just you yeah. walk us through the the process, right? So we're gonna we're gonna log in. I know log that... into your online inventory. Yep. When breeders are now first accessing this, one thing that we have put up is before you get to your genetic profile, learn how to use the NADAR genetic profile manager. That is, it's in bright red letters at the top. It's a how-to video. It's real short, it's about like minute and a half. And it's going to show you how to set up your, um, your genetic profile. Basically, all you do, you click on genetic profile, you make a password. And that's what Josh is going to do now. So, yeah, so, so mine, mine is already, uh, mine's already completed, right? Because I've yep. already, I've already, You've been already made your password. I did, um, and we got that all set up. So when you log in, there's terms of use. We have gotten feedback. Um, one thing about this genetic profile, it's also a learning curve for us because it is a new tool for us at Nadar. And our backend database on how we're going to display everything. We have gotten some feedback on breeders about not having the terms of use on every single time you log in. Um, so we are going to work on that as well. We will implement changes to this process as we get that feedback from breeders on what's useful. And, you know, if you want to select all at the same time, Josh said this at Nadifa, it would be great to have a select all. And up at the top, you can say, show genetic profile, and that selects all of your herd, or hide genetic profile, and it deselects all. So you can still see your herd, but you're not going to show any of them to other breeders if you hide. If you show genetic profile, you select your whole herd, and all of them will be shown to other breeders through Nadar Interactive. Yeah, that's that's great. And uh, 
you know, I think, what do I got? I got 80, I got 85 animals here that are all, you know, snipped and GBV and, you know, go through and punch each one. Uh, that was a super nice feature. And, you know, you can, you can sort your list however you'd like to present your data, right? Like I, I'm, I'm fully comfortable with, you know, I mean, this is, this is on the internet now. So everybody can look at my data forever and screenshot <laughs> it and share it and, you know, do whatever. But like, um, if I don't want to display, you know, purple two here, I can simply unclick her, right? Mm -hmm. If yeah. I don't want to display purple one, I can unclick her. So you have the ability to now um, have even more control over all, all of the data and, yeah. and in a way that you can present it. So I, I think that's wonderful. And let me, you know what, let's just, we'll go back to purple four, right? Yeah. Um, we're going to go ahead and we're just going to unclick her and we're going to hop back over into our Nader online. And, and this is, I think, I, I think this is a, a, a cool feature. So when we go back into purple fours, um, her profile, profile, the genetic profile list back to NA, you can see yeah. that the genetic profile is removed. And when you go to print your um, genealogy page, it's not listed, right? So yeah. we have this one. Oh, not that one. We have this one. This is from the first time when I had the box clicked in the genetic profile. It had the GBV and the code on, and there it's not displayed. So you have the ability to to manage that data how you see you see fit, which is great. So kudos to kudos to Nader on on making this available. I know it's something that that a lot of folks wanted. Yes. Um, the last thing I'd like to say is we at Nader we try to work together as a team. I know some of us have confusing roles. Like I don't handle a lot of the invoicing for the company. I've told breeders this. I know how much some of our some of our products cost. Um, but the front office staff and Maria and Bobby and Gary, all of us try to work together, but we are here to help breeders. We are we are not here to try and say you're heard of CWD positive or or to try and say, yeah, you know, you're you're not breeding the way you're supposed to with your parentage or or not selective breeding for CWD. We're not here for that. We're here to help. We're here to assist you in any way we can. We're here to meet our turnaround times. And and you know, we if we if we don't get back to you, reach out to us. You know, we we have a lot going on, especially fawning season's coming up. It's my second fawning season. I'm super excited about it and ready to start working overtime. <laughs> but but yeah, we're here to help. And honestly, it's my joy to check boxes and complete things. It it really does bring me joy to help readers out and to help answer questions or to help investigate why something's not showing up the way it's supposed to. And it's, you know, that's that's what my job is. And I'm I'm really passionate about helping people and that's what we're here for so so you're you're free to reach out to any of us at any time um if josh would like i can i can provide my my cell and my email and he can post it onto the comments later on and if anyone has any questions even about what what the codons mean or what our previous prmp only codons genotypes mean in the new spreadsheets or or what the cutoff values are and what their GEBV values mean. I'm I'm here for that. I'm here to answer questions. I'm here to help you breeders. So I really appreciate that. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and link 
um, the previous shows with um, Gary Cook on Nadar up in the top right and left hand corners of uh, this video so you all can see that and um, uh, take take Lindsay up if you have questions like Nadar can't help you unless you let them know that you're you're having a specific issue and they they want to make sure that uh, the services they provide to our industry are the best. So Lindsay, I really appreciate you uh, coming on today. I hope we can do this again as, as time goes on and maybe there's new features and such that Nate are yeah. providing. So thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for your time. And with that, stay tuned for another episode of North American Deer Talk. <laughs>